0: Today's episode is brought to you by Flexon. Flexon water hoses have been the choice of home gardeners and professional landscapers for over 60 years. Based right here in the US, Flexon offers a wide selection of hoses, whether your customer is maintaining their home lawn and garden, or they're working with a complex professional landscape. Whether you need a flexible, lightweight hose, a drinking water-safe hose, or a heavy-duty hose with the latest non-king technology, FlexOn has the right hose for you. Visit FlexOn.com today to find a retailer near you. Hi, listeners. This is Renee Shagnon with Hardware Retailings Podcast, Tell Me More. Today we have two social media mavens on the line. Um, we are talking with Sarah Rurka and Tasha Hilderman with Home Hardware Lloydminster. Hopefully, I pronounced the the city correctly. You did. Yes, uh-huh. yes. So we're excited to have Tasha and Sarah on board with us today, and they're going to tell us a little bit about their story. Um, in the hardware industry and kind of their social media journey because they've done a lot of really great things with that. So let's just dive on in. So maybe just introduce yourselves and and your titles with the company.
1: So I'm Tasha Hilderman, and because we're sisters, I will just state that I'm the oldest <laughs> um, <laughs> oldest of four, actually. We've got two younger siblings as well that are also involved in the store. And I our titles kind of merge and cross over because we end up sharing a lot of duties. So technically, I'm the VP of human resources, okay. but I also do a lot of the marketing. So sometimes I say VP of human resources and marketing, and Sarah will say VP of marketing and human resources, <laughs> and we yeah. just kind of share titles. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I'm Sarah Rurka. I'm the middle child. So, My older sister, and as she stated, um, our titles do kind of blend a little bit because we share a lot of duties, uh, but I do some of the human resources, some of the marketing, a little bit of the buying. Yeah, Awesome.
0: Cool. So can, can you guys tell me just a little bit about Home Hardware Lloydminster um, and the history of the business and just kind of some background for our listeners?
1: So our store was originally built in 1995 by a different family in in Lloydminster, And we were living in Red Deer, Alberta at the time. And my dad was the general manager of a home hardware building center for about 20 years. Wow. And then the opportunity came up to purchase our own store and they selected the Lloyd Minster store cause the owners here were moving. And so the store here was about three years old when uh, my family purchased it in 1998. And, um, at the time it was very much, Lloydminster was very much growing. And so the store my parents just saw there's a lot of potential here. And it was very much a standard um, hardware building center, like it wasn't very um, woman friendly back in back in 1998. It was very much we had a large male following. And so one of the potentials that we saw was kind of expanding that to offer things to the entire population of the city. So that's where we kind of started out. When we moved to Lloydminster, I was the only one that had graduated high school. So I was working in the store with my parents full time and my siblings were working part time. It was a family business from the get go. They got all of us in. Somebody's washing the floor. Somebody's dusting the phone. Somebody's helping write the handbook. So that's kind of how we got started. Cool. So
0: but and even before your family owned the hardware store, your dad, you said, had been involved for in the hardware industry for about 20 years. Yeah,
2: actually my parents met when they were working at a beaver lumber Oh, I love that. We met in a hardware store, so it's very romantic, yeah. Hardware hardware love stories are the best.
1: Yes, me and my (laughs) husband met at our store. Yeah, true. So it's like a generational thing. We'll see what happens with our kids if we can get a third generation (laughs) hardware store. So yeah, my dad
2: met when they were both working at Beaver Lumber, and then my dad went on to work at what eventually became a home hardware building center as well okay. so we always joke that we basically grew up in a lumber yard like we <laughs> grew up in like playing in the nail bins and climbing on stacks of lumber being and so,
0: in home
1: hardware trucks yes <laughs> trying to merchandise the gum by the tills i love
0: that <laughs> Yeah, we've definitely
1: definitely have it in our blood. That's for sure.
0: So, uh, for any of our listeners, where is kind of Lloydminster? And for some of us, like myself, I'm I am I have never been to Canada. I'm about to go to my first home hardware market, so I'm really excited, oh, to, I'm really excited to, to cross the border. I'm, I'm <laughs> so excited. Um, but kind of tell us where it's at and what the
1: community's like, maybe. So Minster is actually Canada's border city. We're on the okay. border of two provinces and we're 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 one city <clears throat> split in the middle. So we're not two cities that kind of blend together. Okay. So for instance like with our trucks we have to have licensing for both provinces. Oh wow. In terms of where we are, we're kind of north of Montana. Mm. Most people know mm. Banff and most people know Lake Louise. So same province but the flat prairie side, not the mountainside. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. And so we're very much, and a lot of people sometimes don't know, you know, the characteristics of Canada. Alberta is like the Texas of Canada in terms of oil and cattle. Fun. And uh, Saskatchewan is the plains. So we're kind of in farm country and oil country. Oh, cool, cool. Um, so I guess for each of you, what was your,
0: what are some of your first memories? And I know you said you had just graduated college and were, you were working at the, at the store. So what was the experience, I guess, like as your parents took over a hardware business and just being in there, what, what are some of your memories from that even? And what made you want to stay and continue in this, in this Mm -hmm. career, in this business?
2: Yeah, it was actually kind of, um, Like in retrospect very good experience for us very unique and interesting to be at be to be old enough to understand what was going on and to be involved in you know them them choosing this store and writing our business plan and coming up with a staff handbook and like developing a culture kind of from the ground up Mm -hmm. um i was 15 when we moved here right yeah Mm -hmm. 15 so so i was young but i was old enough to be actively involved um i did go away to university as well and i didn't ever see myself necessarily coming back to lloydminster specifically i always did love the business though yeah and it was because the
1: business continued to be more interesting that ultimately got me back like and it was very much from the get-go our parents were very Um, allowed us to be involved they asked our opinions even though we were kids like do you think we should carry this or what do you think about this employee Mm -hmm. so we never felt like we were working for my parents we felt like we were working with our family at a family business and so my parents will say like you guys helped build this business your ideas and your opinions helped shaped what we're doing and then we would sit in on interviewing people and sit in on hiring people and so we would go to school and come back and work for the summers and then the summers would Go into the fall and then we come back and work weekends or then we'd help plan the christmas parties and then what we took in school ended up really informing a lot of our roles in the store yeah and
2: they also gave us a lot of they gave us a lot of freedom to take risks and make mistakes and try things things, which was the trying things is the fun part like being able to be creative and say hey should we should we try this product and see if it sells should we Mm -hmm. develop this new department should we start a garden center And uh, that's I think that creative process and that like little bit of risk taking is kind of what makes it fun. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, and I think I I took that nugget from what you were saying, Tasha, about the fact that your parents gave you the ability to contribute like you guys were contributing Mm -hmm. even as kids. And I think that that helps a child build that confidence so that they can enter into something like entrepreneurship and not be, Mm -hmm. you know, can I do this? It's like you were already doing it and helping them as kids. So that's really cool. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think I've heard that point before, but that's that's a really interesting take on it. So, <laughs> um, so what were your roles? I guess, and and obviously when you started, you were probably like you said helping sweep the floors and stocking inventory. But when did you come in in a full time perspective? And how did your how have you kind of moved along in your careers and the time since you started? And Maybe for a frame of reference, when did you enter into the store in that type of
1: um, regard for each of you mm-hmm. so our parents purchased the store fall of 1998 January 1999 was um, our first our, our opening so we just celebrated 20 years this year um, congratulations. so congratulations thank, thank you. you so I worked and I traveled a little bit and I went to school and I would come back and work in the summers and starting with the store, like we said, we helped them develop a handbook. The store, when we got it, didn't have a time clock, didn't have a handbook, so there wasn't a lot of structure. And so we were like, okay, we got to come in here and set something up so that there can be expectations, there can be boundaries, there can be a culture so we can create an atmosphere that we want to work in, that makes the staff feel valued, that makes customers feel like this is the place they want to be. So we were both really kind of involved with coming up with some of the ideas behind that and, so, my role, I started helping signage in the store because I was really good at creative design. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have, they were all just like chicken scratch written on scraps of paper. So, that was one thing where we were like, well, we want to have a cohesive look. So, I started with that. I started on the floor helping customers. And we opened up a gourmet department, which at the time was new for home hardware. And it was kind of a focus on kitchen and on giftware, which was a newish angle for home hardware at the time. And so I was in charge of that department and growing and developing that. And it had a different look and it had different product lines. And we started going to independent buying shows and selecting products. So that really kind of got me interested in it. That's when we would Mm -hmm. try the new products and say, well, can we buy this? And learning how to do that process of being a buyer. And then as I was in school, I was studying business and I was studying writing, which has come in really handy with all the stuff we needed to do for the business. You don't think it does even taking psychology in university, you really need in terms of dealing with staff and the issues they have. Um, And so I came back full-time to the store 2001. And then from there, both Sarah and I kind of Learned and worked more with my mom in terms of her role with marketing, advertising, human resources, hiring the garden center, the front half of the store, which is where we have the giftware and gourmet and home decor. And so I grew kind of following mom in that regard and took over the payroll and took over the um, benefit packages and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I've been there full time since 2001. Mm -hmm. And you? Yeah. Um, I came back to the store, I guess, similar to Tasha that I
2: was kind of sort of um, guided by my mom and what department she was working in. We had started a garden center from nothing. There was never a garden center there before. And we grew it into probably one of our favorite departments. Mm-hmm. It's just like lovely and park-like and it's on an acre and a bit of land. So Wow. Um, yeah, it's a big part of our business. I started working with mom in the garden center and then helping Tasha and mom out with things like hiring and marketing and that sort of thing. So that's kind of where we started. And from there, as we grew in responsibility, um, cafe. yeah, we also opened a cafe in the store. I
0: saw that. That's so cool. So how long have you had the cafe?
2: So that started kind of of two different dreams. One of them was at the time Lloydminster was so small and so rural we didn't have anywhere and there was no independent coffee shops, there was nowhere that served espresso or even knew what espresso was and Mm It was something we enjoyed, and we said, Well, let's just bring it in. If we like it, maybe other people will like it. Yeah. And uh, either way, we like it and we want it for ourselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's buy a, buy a little espresso machine. And we started just like a little coffee shop with little cookies, just a little so- corner, like it had 12 seats, little bistro tables. And then, and in the, the, the same garden center, time, yeah, we had started an ice cream shop out in the garden center. It made sense to have hard ice cream and a, something fun out there that kids and parents could enjoy while they're shopping in the greenhouses, and then eventually we blended those two things together. And, and we ran out
1: of seats. So, so many people started coming and having regular meetings and wanting to come to the store just for coffee. Before it was kind of incidental, they'd come to the store. If there was a coffee, they would grab one, but yeah. then they wanted to come for coffee. They wanted to come for lunch. They wanted more. So we had to dedicate more space. We really want to give the customers a place to gather. Like we would notice on Saturdays, they'd
2: come in carrying their, you know, their Tim Hortons coffee and they chit chat in the aisles. And we loved seeing that,
1: like we loved seeing that we were the place where people could come together and bump into their neighbor and have like a conversation. And that's such like a fundamental old school, traditional hardware store role like that's The hardware store is the place where people would come and stand in the aisles and visit and the little bell would ding and everybody knew everybody's name. And so we're like, we want to preserve that and keep that be a part of our culture. That's awesome. a lot of stores
0: actually I've noticed just from when I was writing on the hardware uh, for the hardware retailing magazine and just from talking to retailers in general having restaurants or coffee shops or you know that type of thing really it it goes beyond just the shopping it I brings heard. them into your store as a hub and it mm-hmm. makes your store kind of the a, a meeting place and you know mm-hmm. shopping comes out of that but it's mm-hmm. it associates your business not just with Going and buying hammers and nails and whatever else they need it. It associates it with happy memories and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, which I think yeah. is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So what year did you start? What year did you start that? I don't know if I asked you that or not.
1: I don't know when it started because it started really kind of slowly. I'm going to yeah. say maybe 2006 or seven. Okay. It was before Nana was born,
0: I would have
2: said it was
1: earlier than that. And but it, yeah, might, it might have been there. 2003 because we started the inside and the outside and at first we were just ice cream on the outside with coffee on the outside in the summer. And then when we were going to shut down for the winter, people said, where is it going to go? Yeah. And then we opened the inside one. Yeah. And so it kind of, kind of flowed into each other. So, but yeah, it's been probably at least 15 years. Mm -hmm. Now we have 156 seats when you count the patio seats. Oh my gosh.
0: Wow. I was not expecting that.
1: At lunch with no, no extra space. And now we're like, we need a mezzanine.
0: (laughs) So paint a picture for our audience of kind of, if they were, if someone who's listening to this is a hardware store, I mean, most of them are going to be retailers and mm-hmm. like myself, enjoy visiting other stores. What what would they see if they pulled into your parking lot and they want to come in and explore, like kind of paint the picture? How big is the store and what are kind of some of your big standout departments and, and things like that?
2: We've expanded the store twice. When we first bought the store, it was 9,000 square feet. And so we've gone through two major expansions. The last one was two years ago, two, Mm -hmm. three years ago. We had a grand reopening in 2017. And so now we are 44,000 square feet on seven acres of land. So that seven acres includes the lumber yard and the warehouses outside, obviously, and the greenhouses and whatnot. Um, When you walk into the entrance of the store, the front half of the store is really all about like the entertainment and the like in a sense that it's, The decor and the seasonal Mm -hmm. stuff and the aisles that are always changing. And so we have housewares and tools and a little man cave area and paint. Um, We do do a lot in home decor and home furnishings Um, and then toys, toys, baby, baby, seasonal. And then the cafe is, takes up a big full corner and has big windows. And that's where you lead out to the garden center. Um, And there's a big patio in the garden center as well. And then the back half of the store is all the building materials and finishing materials and
0: contractor entrance, the contractor entrance, the lumber desk and the contractor sales desk. Awesome. So what is it like, um, first of all, working together as sisters, it seems like you guys are really close and work together, obviously very Mm -hmm. hand in hand. And I'm sure have a lot of, uh, similar, perspectives on things but i'm sure you bring different things to the table as well to kind of balance each other out what's it like working with your sister and getting to go to work and see your sister every day i mean some people i think don't don't have that or live across the country from each other so what's Mm -hmm. it like for you getting to work together and with
1: other members of your family Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um it's it's so weird for us because we've known it for so long that it. we did have different jobs at other major companies, so we got a lot of taste of working at other places mm-hmm. uh, while we were going to school but because we've been it's been almost whole lives working with everybody it's kind of all we know but there is a lot of crossover like when you're an adult and your mom knows like your schedule and where you are and every (laughs) all the time and if you're you're missing your dad will be like you here today and you're like i'm at the dentist like everybody knows every detail of your Mm -hmm. life um but on the other hand it's such a it's such an innate relationship and understanding that you really can't get anywhere else. Like you might have that kind of relationship with a spouse or close to it, Mm -hmm. but you know what the other person's thinking if they glance over at you, or if there's an issue and somebody's not there, you know how the other person would handle it. Sometimes it works really well because we think the same way, or I can predict what she's going to want to do or what she's going to like, or the other way around. Mm -hmm. Other times it can be challenging if, if you know, that one person is always late or I know she hates doing this and I hate doing it too. So neither one of us is going to want to do this. How is that going to work? And because there's so much crossover with family and work, oftentimes that you do butt heads, you do have issues where you act like siblings in a working relationship, (laughs) as opposed to acting like coworkers and you just shrink back down to when you're like nine and five and, you know, it's your little sister and she's not listening to you and she's mad because you're telling her what to do or whatever. But for the most part, um, it just, it just works really well. And it's nice to have other people that understand your challenges and that can share your successes with you because as a business owner, it's not something that you can really share with other people who aren't business owners. If you have a really good year, you have a really good successful event or product. You can't, your your friends aren't going to understand, you know, the struggle behind that or how much, how hard you worked for it, but your family will always get that when you're working together. So. And just, um, Communication is obviously a challenge in all
2: relationships, but for the four of us, we've been learning how to communicate with each other since we were born, right? Mm-hmm. So we kind of know each other's triggers and each other's, you know, soft spots and um, how to how to communicate effectively with one another. It's also it's also fun. There's a huge we all get along really well. There's a huge fun aspect where we meet for coffee. Every morning at the same time, (laughs) (laughs) whoever's there, we know to like gravitate towards the cafe at around 10 a.m. for coffee. And mom and dad are usually there. And in the summer, it's out in the garden center. I love that.
0: That is so cool.
2: Yeah. So that's really fun. And there is a synergy with siblings that you just probably could never find anywhere else. So it is very unique in that sense. And like you mentioned, our differences are just slight enough that we can still challenge each other and we can still, you know, see an objective perspective or her taste is just slightly different. So there's enough, you know, breadth there, too. Mm -hmm.
0: Cool. So kind of what I mentioned earlier, I I personally discovered you guys just from being doing the social media for NRHA and Hardware Retailing Magazine. I've kind of taken that over at the beginning of this year. And as I've been doing that, I'm following retailers. I'm trying to engage as much as I can as well, because I think that's one of the biggest parts of social media. If you just double tap and you don't, leave a comment and stuff I mean I get excited if someone leaves a comment so I try (laughs) I try to pepper those out there when I can um but I discovered you guys and it just something about your stories on Instagram and stuff like that really I kept going back and and going to your page because it just kind of pulled me in so um obviously that's one of the big things I want to talk to you guys about today is just mm-hmm. your experience with social media. Um, mm-hmm. So do you mind just sharing with us, I guess, just a little bit about the, the journey with that and what it was like when it started and maybe, I mean, how you got to where you're at today with it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a lot in between that so you don't have to go into every specific detail, but just yeah. kind of what that journey has been like and, and how you've gotten to
1: the point that you're at today. So we actually started our Facebook page 10 years ago in April. And I think when we started it, it was when it was first, Facebook was first rolling out to pages because Facebook just turned 15 in February. So I think it was when it was very first offered as a business could have a page mm-hmm. and we said, Oh, well, maybe this is something we should try because we like to try everything. Yeah, And when we first started it, um i think it was challenging because it was still so new and we didn't know how to use it and how often to post and obviously social media has changed dramatically since yeah. 10 years ago and even in the beginning. We would post things and we would have a lot of trolls or just people that were on the internet just to complain about things and just went wherever they could and so it kind of in the beginning felt a little bit like you were throwing it out into the void and then just some jerk would come along and <laughs> say something mean to you so it was like oh did we how are we even going to use this mm-hmm. and then as facebook developed over the years they really started Putting in tools that would be helpful for small business in particular. Mm-hmm. Big brands took off right away. There was like huge things from Pepsi or from you know McDonald's. But for smaller companies, it was a little bit harder. And even Facebook themselves said they developed Facebook for friends and family. So they were learning along the way how they could help business and then how to help these small businesses. And so Facebook for us, our area has been through so many recessions, and we've been recession for five out of the last 10 years like we're still in one now Mm -hmm. and so a lot of people it was it became harder and harder to reach our customers especially at times of year or in times like these when a lot of people weren't shopping the same way they used to and so social media became this really important tool for us because it was a way for us to connect with our customers not just reach them but connect with them Mm -hmm. so that became an important element for us When we realized that Facebook isn't just a tool for selling and in Mm -hmm. fact, almost shouldn't even be used that much for selling. Mm -hmm. You want to use Facebook as a way to connect with your customers. So that's how our page kind of grew and our, the events really helped us out and Sarah can speak more to that in a minute. Our Instagram page, we started in 2015 and we really appreciated the visual element of the Instagram page that you're telling a story with a picture. So that presented like a new creative challenge for us. It's not just taking, you know, pictures of your flyer or pictures of items on your shelf. You want to try to do something that's going to entertain or engage your customer. That's what makes them keep coming back to watch what you're doing. And so then developing those relationships and particularly on instagram we have a lot of back and forth with our customers where they'll laugh at something we say or they'll send a joke to us or they'll say oh i love that one or that's so cool and it's a, a little bit more intimate than the way our facebook one is currently and that's where we started playing a little bit more we can show a little bit more of our humor side we can show a little bit more of the goofy side of us or so some it's, of the behind the scenes at the store yeah. yeah and then our customers really appreciated that they're like i like seeing more of the picture it's like you know, looking, peeking through a window that we don't get to see very often. Mm-hmm. And so that's been just a lot of fun for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Facebook has been immensely helpful
2: with the event aspect because mm-hmm. it was a way to specifically target and reach the audience we needed to reach in order to advertise some of the things, some of the events we were
0: hosting. Yeah. yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the events you've hosted over the years and, and how events started to play into um, something your business provides to your customers and, and does to bring your customers together in person maybe? Sure, yeah, I guess along the same lines of being that community gathering place.
2: And like you said, with the having the cafe and having uh, home hardware become a place where people wanted to meet up and that was like part of their community. Um, lots of people started asking if they could host events at the store actually. Mm-hmm. So that, that's one whole element we do. We do host a lot of events right in the cafe. But what which, what event should I talk about? I guess we have a few main events over the course of the year. Come home for Christmas at Christmas time is when we kind of unveil all our Christmas decor and we have appetizers and stuff set out and we have a little bit of a sale on that night and people come and just basically hang out for the evening. It's a big shopping event. It's yeah. quite fun. Um, what other events? Um, our-
1: ladybug ball i guess one of our
2: big garden center events is called the ladybug ball and it was born of our desire to help educate (laughs) our customers on we wanted to educate our customers on organic gardening and biological control and and other options i think we had a big like aphid outbreak in town and so what we did was we got we encouraged all our customers to dress up a little bit buggy Mm -hmm. so we had a bunch of kids in like little like butterfly costumes and ladybug outfits and we did face painting and then we had a local or we had a gardening expert talk on biological control and then we all released ladybugs out into the garden center on the plants that evening so that's that's our big events
1: yeah and yeah so a lot of our events (coughs) excuse me a lot of our events started out on Facebook as store events or as sales or themed sales. Mm -hmm. Like we have a a big summer event called the big day out. That's like a clearance one. Mm -hmm. And so the, the Facebook really helped spread the message because as soon as people were interested in something, then it showed their friends, they were interested Mm in and that kept growing. And then we started to realize that there was a need in Lloydminster in particular, because a lot of people are new to town. People move here from all over the place and they don't have community. Mm -hmm. So we started offering more events that were just intended as a, something to do in town and as a way to bring people together because we were like we have this space people like coming here what else Mm -hmm. can we offer them Mm -hmm. so last year we were um, a host location for a sisterhood event with Mm -hmm. an an entrepreneur from saskatchewan the sole purpose was just bringing women together just to talk and share stories and so we had 150 people come to that and then we hosted a book swap we Mm -hmm. were like our greenhouses are empty at the end of summer we, we, we saw an idea for a book swap and we said, oh, you know, that's really cool. I wish Lloyd Minster had that. And Sarah's like, be the change you wish to be in the world. Aww, you know, I the love one. that. So then we we're like, oh, yep, yeah, I guess we can. We could try to host one. And so, so- we had like um,
2: author and book themed cocktails mm-hmm. and we had sushi from the cafe. And then we had uh, the greenhouses full of people bringing their books they wanted to swap. And we had mm-hmm. these little punch cards. And they could come in and get new books, so that was a really fun way to a get people into the store, but to further develop that community feeling at the store and yeah. to make
0: use of space that we have. Right? Have you, over the years, from doing events and just having that kind of presence online as well, have you um, found that you've gained new both new customers and even found people that have said, "I want to work at your company" because. I like what I see type thing. Like I feel like it's almost like a good advertisement for getting new associates on board as well. Mm
1: -hmm, But I don't know if you've seen that
2: or not. Yes, definitely. Like that's something we often see in the interviews. Like, oh, I love shopping here. I love what you guys are doing. I want to be a part of this. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And absolutely for customers too. Yeah. Customers. We had a comment card from one of the events that said, you know, what drew you to this event? And she said, I knew if Home Harbor was doing it, it was going to be good. We're going to
0: take a quick break from our interview for a message from one of our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Kohl's Wild Bird. With Kohl's line of top quality birding products, your customers get what they paid for, more wild birds on the bird feeder. Launched from the family garage over 35 years ago, Kohl's Wild Bird products is a true mom and pop success dedicated to making your store the place for birders to shop again and again. Kohl's believes that birds are like people, give them what they like to eat and they'll come back and bring their friends. After all, if you just want bird seed, buy any brand. If you want birds, buy Kohl's. what are some of the social media channels? I know you've mentioned Instagram and Facebook. Do you guys do any of the others or have you found that it's it for your business, it makes more sense to kind of focus and hone in on them. And then with each of them, what do you have different, um, tactics? Like, do you post the same thing on Instagram and then share it on Facebook or kind of what are some of the things that you've found have worked for you over the years? So
1: we really started with Facebook and then probably the next biggest one was Pinterest. When Pinterest boomed, we were on Pinterest. People still use it, but lesser so now. So we still have a channel, but the good part about it is, you know, it just always exists. And so Mm -hmm. our Pinterest page is more just project ideas or gardening ideas and that kind of thing. And my dad used to be obsessed with Pinterest. So that was his kind of baby. So we (laughs) let him kind of go for that. Yeah. Um, And then Instagram, Um, is growing. Like on Facebook, we have 6,500 followers and on Instagram, I think 2,700 or something. Mm -hmm. And so Facebook is still our largest channel, but Instagram um, is, is really picking up, particularly Instagram stories are really, we see a lot of followers on Instagram stories. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are kind of the main ones we focus on Snapchat. We thought about getting into, but then Instagram stories and Facebook stories kind of took over for that. So those are the ones we're focused on now.
2: Awesome. Yeah, and in terms of strategy, mm-hmm. Instagram stories and Facebook stories are obviously we can be a lot more playful. Um, it's it's impermanent, right? So it's mm-hmm. like a lot of the funnier, humor, more entertaining side, more behind the scenes, less. Uh, I don't want to use the word stage, but less less perfect, I guess. Yeah, yeah.
1: So and that that's the strategy for those Facebook, Instagram. I do sometimes share pictures from Instagram to Facebook. Occasionally, I try not to do it all the time, because if you have customers following both, they don't want to see the same thing on both. They want to see different things. So sometimes I do it just because I have the same message. Sometimes I change it up, same message, but different photos for them. Facebook, more. um, I'll share more of the links to our flyers and we'll share more text. Obviously, Instagram, we try to be more sparse on the text and more just telling the story through the pictures Mm -hmm. and really focusing on making those pictures something that's eye-catching and draws you in i think sometimes people make the mistake of just putting any old picture up on instagram Mm -hmm. and then if it's not they facebook calls it thumb stopping so you want a photo that's going to stop you from scrolling Mm -hmm. so something that makes you slow down if you just see like a messy aisle and it's hard in hardware stores we don't have a lot of space often or our our things don't always look pretty so We try to use images that are gonna be beautiful on Instagram, Facebook, we lower that a little bit and we can offer a wider photo or show more things, but on Instagram in a square, it doesn't really work that well.
0: Yeah, Um, so do you mind kind of telling us a little bit about um, your recent experience? You were invited by Facebook to go to their headquarters for an event that they have. So maybe just tell our audience who's listening a little bit about kind of your recent experience, actually meeting with the people that create the product you use to connect with your customers Mm -hmm. and and the, from the start to, to actually attending.
1: Yeah. So in October, um, I received an invitation from Facebook via Facebook to apply to go to the Facebook community summit, which I had never heard of before. Mm-hmm. So when I first saw it, I was like, Oh, you know, this must be a mistake because what I've, I don't even know what this is, but then I kept getting it. And after I went to the summit, I realized most of the people that went felt the same way, like, Oh, well Facebook wouldn't contact me to go, but an invitation from Facebook, Tasha, we invite you to apply to attend the community summit and what the community summit is, this one was the third one. They started it in 2017. The first was held in Chicago. The second was held in Europe in 2018. And in 2017, Facebook changed their mission statement. It used to be to give people the power to share and make the world more open and connected. Mm-hmm. And then in 2017, they shifted it to give the power, the, give people the power to build community and bring the world closer together. So Facebook has really shifted their perspective to being a place that builds community and supports people that build communities online and offline. So that was the intent with the summit and Facebook recognized people and pages that were doing that, that were building community and wanted to invite them to come and be a part of a summit where we could share our stories with them to help them build a better product for us. And they could tell us the things that they were developing to help support us as small businesses or groups or nonprofits. Mm -hmm. So after I applied, it was a written application. Then there was a phone interview. And then just before Christmas, they said, you're invited to attend. And then in January, they asked me to be a speaker at the event. It was the first time that they have had attendee led um, sessions. And it was also the first time businesses were invited. The first two years that was just groups and nonprofits. So for me, it was quite overwhelming and humbling that it was the first time businesses were invited. first time Canadians were invited. first time attendees were invited to speak at the summit. And so it just felt like a lot of um, a lot of overwhelming, honor but also like nervousness like oh my gosh (laughs) am i qualified to do this yeah and then they and then they asked us prior to the summit starting if we would also be able to attend headquarters and visit with the community voices team and the community voices team records videos with the users of facebook for the builders of facebook so mark zuckerberg has a weekly meeting with the his high-level executives where they look at videos produced by this team to show them how what they're building is being used in the real world
0: cool so they were collecting
1: stories from all different kinds of people Um, there was a a bunch of groups that came in that day and they said that we recognize home hardware building center as an extraordinary story that we would like to film so the our interview which i'll let sarah speak about a little bit um was to be used in the meetings at facebook and then also maybe used on their websites, on the community voices team and other media that they will do. So we kind of got this other exciting honor and got to go on a little mini tour of Facebook headquarters.
2: Yeah, which was very cool. It's obviously very unique and amazing opportunity and experience to go see kind of behind the scenes at Facebook.
1: You feel like you won the lottery. It's a little bit like a dream world. Like are we really here? It's very surreal. Yeah,
2: Yeah, it feels like something out of a movie. It looks exactly like you'd expect it to look. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah so a little tour around Facebook we got to see Mark and Cheryl's both of their old offices mm-hmm. right and film in the room where Cheryl used to do her weekly what was that
1: her she had weekly, weekly speeches weekly videos out yeah, of the little yeah.
2: room Cheryl Sandberg. Yep. Cheryl Sandberg so that was very cool um, and I guess essentially the interview was just us telling them our story and how we're utilizing Facebook uh, to build community both online and offline. So we shared a little bit about our events and how Facebook and Instagram have been important tools for us building our community.
1: Mm -hmm. Right. So that, yeah. So that kind of kicked off our, our trip. And then that evening, um, they had a welcome ceremony, uh, or sorry, a welcome reception prior to the event starting that also took place at Facebook headquarters. And, um, they had Ime Archibong, which is one of the VPs, I think he's the VP of Community Development, came out to speak to us all. And he said, you know, there's this common thread running through that the people that were chosen for this, everybody was kind of, there wasn't very many people that were like, oh, of course, Facebook would choose me. Like, I'm mm-hmm. obviously running the show here. Yeah. Like, I, everything I do is amazing. Most people were very humble. Like, I can't believe I was selected. Like, I'm just from a little town. I'm just from a hardware store. I'm just from the middle of nowhere. Like, why? why did you pick me? And so Ime gave us a speech that really resonated with everybody. It was quite emotional. And he said, any questions you have about why you were chosen to be here, I want you all to know you were handpicked by somebody at Facebook because what you are doing inspires us. So that was kind of, I was like, I need a recording of that. I need to play that for myself the rest of my life. And so that was kind of a fun evening. And then Thursday morning, the event kicked off, like I said, with... They surprised us with Sheryl Sandberg coming out at the beginning and speaking to us, and we we had no idea who we were going to see or who would be there. She, We weren't told that she would be speaking to us, and she spoke about how community on Facebook has mattered to her and how they really realized Facebook was becoming a place for people to have community and that groups and pages they had never really realized that business pages could be a place that offered community until this year then they started really recognizing that and saying hey this is something we should focus on because these people are building community too there's some business pages that are doing really good things to bring people together it was
2: actually inspiring it was inspiring to meet all the other people and their groups and what and their pages and what they were doing and and how they were building community in their area. But it was also inspiring to look at our business in a different light and say, hey, yeah, we are doing this. And it's such a, an amazing opportunity that we can have this influence and we can help pe- bring people together in our community mm-hmm. just as a business of the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So really quick for perspective about how many people were invited and were there with you guys. You said you were one of how many from Canada
1: and then total? There yeah. was only 13 chosen from Canada. Wow! Um, and so we had a little picture with us with our Team Canada flag. I love that. And there was there was 400 overall attendees. Some of them had multiple people from the same group. Some of them were some of them actually came from overseas. Like it was supposed to be North America, but there were people from Iceland and Norway and mm-hmm. Kenya, and uh, so about 400 people all together. And on the first morning, actually, Mark Zuckerberg ended up coming out, surprised everybody. Everybody was, of course, went crazy Um. because Ime introduced him and just said, oh, I have a friend that just wants to come out and say a few words. And then when Mark walked out, everybody just phones come out and everybody's trying to get (laughs) selfies with him. And what was cool was that they said, look, you know, we are building things, but the things that we're building don't matter if no one's using them. So when we build these things, you guys are taking them out and actually making something of them. So that inspires us and hearing your stories and seeing the way you're using the things we built really inspires us to change the platform and to see the opportunity and to see the different ways that we can develop things. So then what were there like other presentations
0: and things and were you able to kind of, I know you said that they wanted to get kind of feedback from you, so what were some of the things that you were able to talk to talk to them about? And have you seen since then, have they tried to implement stuff or have they stayed in touch? Like what's kind of it been like since the event has wrapped and your experience following it?
1: So they did make a Facebook group for the people that attended Facebook. Obviously, that would uh-huh. be a, an ideal place <laughs> yes. for us to connect. And so that's been a place where we're able to, Obviously, there's people, there's Facebook people in it now that are just observing what we're doing. In the beginning, they were really taking a lot of feedback, but it stays open for us now as a way to keep communicating and connecting with each other. At the event, I was actually surprised that it was the heads of areas that were talking to us. We talked to VPs in multiple different areas that... They introduced us to the things that they were working on, some things they couldn't talk about, some things I'm not allowed to talk about. We signed two different non-disclosure agreements mm-hmm. about what's in development. But as a member of FCS, is what they call it for short, then they're giving us the opportunity to f- trial things when they first come out and using us as kind of test subjects. For can we things. talk about that or no? Uh, well, that we can talk about. Because it's public, right? Yeah. Um, one of the things that we're using. And... Um, you just made me lose my train of thought. Sorry. Though. <laughs> um, so we spoke to the VPs and then they they did have breakout sessions and they actually had little booths from each area. So they had a messenger booth, an Instagram booth, a Facebook hard questions booth for things that were dealing with, uh, maybe some of the not so savory aspects of Facebook, like the negative political things, or if mm. there's negative feedback or hate speech or anything that's happening and how to handle that, they had a booth specifically for that. And then they had a Facebook booth so we could go up and say, look, it drives me nuts on my page, how I can't do this or that. And those were all getting taken and submitted to engineers and submitted for um, review, which was cool. And one of the things they said to us is there's there's options on Facebook to report a problem or report a bug. And sometimes you feel like, why am I wasting my time? No one's going to read this. They're like, seriously, fill those out, because even if we might not respond and give you a long detailed explanation about how we're planning on fixing it that's how they realize things aren't working or that's how they realize oh it would be so much more helpful if this was available on the page we never even thought of that because they're not using it right they're just building it so they need us to come to them and say you know here's something that we really need um on friday that's when we that's when um, i had my speech and my speech was about online and offline community And we got to hear from other attendee speeches as well that talked about different things like empathy or um, using chat bots or how to deal with um, conflicts in your, in your groups or on your pages. And because business was so new to it, it was kind of a smaller aspect of the summit. And I'm really hoping that it's going to grow to be a bigger, after they saw what happened, then the people that came, I think the business people were really inspiring. Mm -hmm. And so we learned learned a lot and also made a lot of connections with really smart people who are using Facebook and Instagram in really smart, new, refreshing, entertaining ways. And those connections are really valuable because something you might be really, really good at, somebody else might not have a clue about or know that it even exists. So you can share back and forth. And some people have the stuff that I've learned just from being in that group for two months is just invaluable. That's awesome.
0: What kind of feedback did you get from attendees and even some of the people from Facebook that you met when
1: you did your presentation and spoke um, at the event? One of the things that was cool at the welcome reception, they had a lot of Facebook staffers kind of walking around just greeting people. And when I would say again, there was like 400 people there. But when I would say, oh, you know, most people said, what group are you from? And I'd have to say, oh, I'm from a page. I'm actually a store. Um, I have a hardware store and and then they go, Oh, I've heard of you. We were talking about you this morning. And I was like, Oh really? So they wouldn't, there, there was a few, that happened a few times. So I was like, well, that's kind of cool that we got brought up in whatever meetings they were having. Yeah. And then, um, I forget what your, the other part of your Like what
0: was was. the, what was the reaction or have you even gotten feedback from people after like, Oh, I'd love to talk more with you about this and stuff like that.
1: So, um, after my presentation, um, I actually had a few people stand up and clap at the end of presentation, which was really meaningful to me. And so a few people like who did woo-woo. And I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, and then we had a, I had a few people. There's probably six or seven people came up and said yours was my favorite presentation of this whole summit. What you said really mattered to me. Can I get a copy of your presentation? What you said really inspired me? Um And so that was really helpful because you never know when you give these things if people are receptive to them or if what you're saying they're going to be able to take back and and use for their own purposes or be inspired by. Um, So that part was really nice. And then again, on the Facebook group, because it still exists, I got a few more feedback from other people that they that they really enjoyed the presentation or that they were happy to have my notes because I shared my notes with them um, because that was something that they wanted to initiate in their community. And one of the things we talked about there, and we'll probably also talk about um, when we come to the NRHA conference is our store mantra. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you want to talk about that a bit.
2: Um, Yeah, I guess our store mantra, which we came up with a couple of years ago when we were planning for the final uh, renovation, Mm -hmm. final expansion, I should say, we re-looked at our why and we looked at our vision and, mission statement. And we came up with a mantra, which is be helpful, do good and grow.
1: We just Mm. wanted it to be
2: quick and succinct and sort of like envelop everything we kind of felt that we stand for. Um, Yeah. Be helpful. I guess the idea behind be helpful was that is the core of what we do when we're serving customers Mm -hmm. is uh, make sure what we're saying to them and how we're engaging with them is actually helpful. But we also wanted our staff to remember, to be helpful to one another and to be helpful in our community. Do Good was doing good in the community and how, how we can be a positive influence in the community we live in. And Grow was the idea that looking at challenges as opportunities and constantly seeking to grow as individuals and grow as a business and what we're doing and, and uh, who we are.
0: I think having that and being able to share that with people too probably gives them, you know, I, th- what I've observed is sometimes people feel like, Oh, you know, customers initially just look at us as we're just trying to sell you things. And it's like, right. yes, it it is a, it, it's how you pay your bills. It's how you, you know, you go to work. Everyone has a job. Um, mm-hmm. but if you have passion behind what you're doing and, and helping people or having that purpose, I think it can really, um, it shows to others. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and, and one of the things that this is kind of off topic a little bit, but I just feel like from being even a consumer and kind of the wave of retail right now is people want to know that the businesses they shop at and spend their money at are like, there's good people there and they have good, Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at brands anymore and brands come out and have statements about things. And, um, I don't know about going that far, but I think it's just people are, they want more from the businesses they shop at because even with all of the social media and things we do have, I think that sometimes people can feel like they're not part of community. So I think that mm-hmm. that's kind of unique that social media is trying to find a way to foster community, not just online, but in person. Definitely. If that makes any mm-hmm. sense. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Well, cool. Um, I guess, Switching off from what we've kind of been talking about, um, one of the things I've enjoyed asking people I've been interviewing is, is there a podcast or book or anything you've been, you know, reading or listening to or, or, you know, recently and um, maybe share with our listeners if there's anything that's stood out to you recently.
1: Uh, one of the fun ones that's relatively new that I like to listen to is Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Ooh, and is it a podcast just, or? It's a podcast. Okay. He just launched it recently because he said he noticed at all his Christmas parties the only people that came were his staff and the people he was paying. So we wanted to <laughs> see if any celebrities actually wanted to be his friend. So it's celebrity Aww. interviews, um, and then his advertisements. He says he has on there so that he can pay off the mortgage on his beach house, but. <laughs> Some of them are just, it's just like funny banter or just like the relaxed side, less interviewee and more just like the personal side of celebrities. There was just one with Stephen Colbert where they both talked about how they felt like you have to suffer to um, to have success in life. Mm-hmm. And it was a really poignant moment you wouldn't expect from two comedians, but just just entertaining and you're usually laughing through them all. So I oh, enjoy listening to that. i have to, to check that. that one out. Mm-hmm. So- yeah, Tasha
2: got me onto that one. She also got me onto Dax Shepard's Armchair Expert.
1: Ooh. So he's,
2: he's quite funny as well. I like a lot of his guests, but he also, there's also a little bit of like a grittier, moodier side to him. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit educational from an emotional standpoint. Also like Lewis Howes. I don't know what his podcast oh, is called. School of Greatness. Love yeah, that. Like he is a great interviewer mm-hmm. and yes. he's got good content and good guests as well. Tasha's husband bought me
0: Dare to Lead by Brene Brown for Christmas. So Ooh. I'm just starting that, which is a book, not yeah. a podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been wanting to read that. I keep seeing it everywhere. So maybe that's that's another one to be add added to my to be read list. She so. said it's a summary of everything she's ever written. So uh, probably a good one to probably choose. a good one. Yeah, good. Yeah. Good. Um, okay. So. I know I kind of was the the person online who was like creeping on you guys and like <laughs> slid into your literal DM like, "Hey, NRH oh wants to like learn more about you guys." And now I'm like, "Come speak at our show." Um, but I don't know if you've ever had a chance to like learn anything about us or if you get our magazine or not. And would just love to hear any feedback on if you do or if you haven't. If you're interested now, um, so yeah, of- we 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 have been longtime fans and followers.
2: Before. Yeah. Uh, we all read the magazine. Dad uh, what delivers it to each of us. So we yeah. put a check mark on the front when we finished reading it. <laughs> yeah. So we all take a turn reading. Um, we were actually honored to receive an Innovator of the Year Award in 2010. Oh, cool. Yeah. From the NRHA. From the NH- NRHA. Yeah. And we were excited to see you were on Instagram this year.
1: Yes, when you when we noticed that you guys were on Instagram, I was like, that's cool and and progressive because so many hardware building centers don't feel like they need to use Instagram or they get one and they post once and then they just never post again. So I thought it was it was cool that you guys were getting more involved on the Instagram side. Yes.
0: Awesome. Well, good. Well, I'm glad you're, I'm glad it's reciprocated and you've seen some of our stuff. Cause sometimes Mm -hmm. you'll ask people and be like, Oh, do you know about NRHA? And they go, no. And it's just a blank face. And I'm like, (laughs) Oh, what am I doing? I want them to know who we are. (laughs) Or, or we get a lot of, um, people know about, you know, NRHA and they know about hardware retailing, but they don't realize that they're connected and all the different things we offer. So, you know, podcast, podcasting and social media are just some, some outlets we're trying to use to connect with retailers like yourselves. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, in a way I feel like we're trying to build that community that you're building in your own city and community. You know, we're trying to build a community with independent retailers in the Mm U S and Canada and really bring people together. And that's why I'm so excited that you guys have have accepted and are going to come speak at the national hardware show. Um, it happens every May. And I don't know if you've, if your parents or if anyone else from your business has ever been, but if it's your first time, we're excited to have you guys come. I don't know if you have any thoughts on it. or We're very excited to yeah. come. Yeah. Our parents have gone in the past, but we've never gone. So yeah. sweet. Cool. Yeah. we're super um, excited. Well, I don't know. Is there anything else that we didn't have a chance to talk about that you want to make sure our listeners hear, or maybe they're, they hear this and they go, Oh my gosh, I can't. I don't even know where to start with social media. And, you know, what kind of advice I guess, would you maybe give them?
1: I would say, don't worry about using social media to sell things. What customers are looking for on social media is to get to know you or your business. So they want to see, um, that other side of you that they're not going to see on a flyer or they're not going to see on a shelf. So don't be afraid to be fun with it. Facebook actually has, um, An email they send out called Facebook IQ and they said most people like the majority of people 55% or something are on social media for fun or entertainment. So look at it from that perspective, if you want to share a joke, if you want to share your staff dancing, if you want to share a funnier side of you or a boomerang video. How, don't be afraid to have fun with it. Don't feel like it has to be all business all the time or here's my latest sale or whatever. Yeah. It can just be your staff and you and pictures of the store and pictures of a sunrise over your store or pictures of your staff unloading things. It can just be as easy as that. It's not. It, don't overthink it.
2: Yeah, and it's an incredible tool. So mm-hmm. don't be afraid of it because it's amazing what you can do with it. So take the time to learn and start using it. Just jump in. <laughs> yeah,
0: definitely. Well, cool. Okay. So I guess I need to do my outro now. Oh my gosh. We
2: only thing. Should we talk about the subscription group?
0: Oh yeah. Is there Wait, something
2: else? Can. It's super new and it came from FCS. So it is really exciting. Mm-hmm. It's, it's part of our journey there cool. that they gave us the opportunity to be part of a beta testing group. That is the first time Facebook has ever done paid subscription membership groups. Wow. Am I doing that? Yeah. So okay. how many stores got picked to do that? We were one of the stores that got offered to be part of this new beta testing program. Okay. And so we said, wow, we don't know what the hell we're doing. There isn't a lot of time to plan, but yeah, like let's do it. Yeah. So it's all very much in the early phases we just launched yesterday. Mm-hmm. The idea is that you can offer it to your, fans followers community members customers and they pay to subscribe to your exclusive facebook group and then you do what you want with it so we're just getting into it we're just playing around but we have the idea that it's going to kind of be like a little bit of an exclusive club for some of our super fans fans, yeah customers that really love us they'll pay x amount of dollars to be involved but they'll get special perks so we'll show them new products that are coming out. They'll get access to new products first before anyone else. They'll have special discount days. Um, they might get, we're going to give them a free access to our little gardening talks we do on Saturdays. So they'll have all these additional perks for being members of this group.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
2: that's and so, so cool. <laughs> because it's new, we're also giving feedback back and forth to Facebook and we're all kind of learning together. So it's kind of neat to be, Involved in the very initial stages of something brand new for Facebook and us.
0: That's great. Um, do you know when your video is going to come out that Facebook filmed? Have they have they already uploaded
1: it or? We don't know. <clears throat> Sorry, we don't know. It's not out yet. I know some people it's come out like a year later, so it really depends on what kind of schedule that they have. And some Mm -hmm. of it, they might just show on a clip on some Facebook page that we might not see. There is a Facebook page called Community Voices. That's where they generally share them. And then they they share them internally as well at these all hands meetings that they have. So we haven't seen anything. I imagine they might announce to us before it gets used or tag us in it or something. But yeah, yeah, it could be up to a year later. Well,
0: whenever it does, we'll get all of the hardware retailers, all 35,000 to get on and like it, spam it and make it go viral. Yes. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, thank you guys so much. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for listening. And we will uh, be back shortly with another episode. So stay tuned. Today's episode is brought to you by Sacrete. Are you looking to add quality concrete, mortar, and stucco mixes, as well as repair and specialty items to your product lineup? Sacrete provides the tools you need to run a better business, whether that's through exceptional customer support, sales and marketing tools, varied product assortments, or just finding reliable products. Sacrete offers knowledgeable retail experts that understand the needs of your store. To learn more, visit www.sacrate.com slash hardware retailing.